It's Thursday, June 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio from MFAM Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Thursday. Thank you. Congratulations to all the St. Louis Blues fans out there on hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup. Arguably the greatest trophy in professional sports, certainly in North America. Don't you think? Uh, certainly off the top of my head, it's it's the trophy itself has got more going on with it and its history and its legend and the stories about it. Whereas like the Vince Lombardi trophy uh, or whatever the World Series trophy is called, yeah, there's no there's no legend there. That's true. And also the fact that everybody gets to take it home for a couple of days. That's pretty well, that's great. where all the legends right. come from. That's where all the stories come from. Um, we're going to get to some retail earnings. We are absolutely going to get to the banking news of the day. Uh, let's start with Lululemon Athletica. First quarter, same-store sales. I actually saw two different numbers on same-store sales. I saw up 14% and up 16%. We can just split the difference and say they were up double digits. Um, Lululemon also raised guidance. Uh, shares up, not up tremendously. On the day, maybe one or two percent, but I think that's because they've had a good run of late. Yeah, and maintaining uh, at or near an all-time high, and yeah, the numbers that they presented were even a little bit more confusing than that. It's comparable store sales up six percent, eight percent on consistent dollar basis. So that's making adjustment for um, for an exchange, but then total comparable sales. Up fourteen percent, um, and then that includes you know open stores and so total sales up twenty uh, percent, and that includes um, you know online. So they're they're doing a lot of things right. Uh, the margins are improving. They are getting it right in the stores, and that is very much um, an outlier for retail right now. And they're also doing it right online, which is less of an outlier, but uh, great to be doing both right. And uh, that's part of the reason why the margins are improving, which is making the bottom line that much stronger. One of the things Seth Jason and I talked about yesterday about Lululemon was the challenges, let's put it politely, that the company has had in the executive suite over the last few years. And yet, They've done an effective job throughout, I would argue, the past decade or so of moving the brand away from initially being associated with $100 yoga pants to being more of an athletic brand, a lifestyle brand. They've, they've done a very effective job of growing the brand equity of Lululemon. And you look at Calvin McDonald, the current CEO, and one of the comments he made was about their plan to, as you touched on, to grow digital sales, to double that in the next five years, uh, to do the same with men's sale, to really grow international in a big way. And if they continue down this path, I don't see any reason to doubt that they can accomplish this. Yes, although I think taking the recent strength of operations and um, the numbers, and then uh, projecting that forward is a danger with retail, particularly with uh, fashion retail. Uh, fashions uh, come in and out. They're, I guess, in an area which is uh, growing. Um, the athletic wear and 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 I think they're in a good place, but they'll be. A hiccup, or more than a hiccup, there'll be a miss uh, 
somewhere, as there have been in the past. Some of that you made attributable may make attributable to previous management, which has thankfully departed. Uh, but uh, they will not go on forever without having, uh, as I say, either a hiccup or a miss or you know go off the rails in some fashion at some point. Right. I'm not suggesting that it's going to be nothing but sunshine and rainbows for the next five years. I'm, I'm curious, though, you used the word fashion referring to their retail. Do you think of this as a fashion retailer? Because I actually think of Lululemon as essentially walking the fine line between fashion retail and full-on athletic retail, like a Nike or an Under Armour, I think they've done an effective job of cutting, you know, sort of splitting the difference. Nobody anywhere should rely upon me for opinions about fashion. <laughs> that said, uh, as as you know, and I've, as I've disclosed before, I am the reigning worst-dressed man in North America, and I've retained that for a, really an impressive period of time. Uh, but no, I don't. I th- and I think uh, so. I saw a tweet today, which was uh, to an article, something uh, to the effect of the what the what the covers and what the coverage of uh, women's athletic magazines are. And it was a picture of Billie Jean King from back in the seventies, and um, you know, obviously, sort of uh, drawing attention to her. Uh, competitive abilities and the fact that she she was a, an athlete competing against other athletes, and that if you were to look at the comparable magazines today, it would be about um, you know yoga and and things which are lifestyle and things which are exercise, but are not competition. And I'm certainly not qualified to say whether that's true across the entirety of you know women's sports and ath- athletic coverage. Uh, but it, it's worth. It, where does Lululemon fall in that? Where do you place it? I don't think of suiting up in Lululemon to go out and compete, which I do think about with Under Armour or Nike. I agree with that. Although I, it, clearly it is, um, Lululemon clearly makes stuff that is for exercise. Maybe it's social ex- exercise um, with yoga or something like that. But um, no, I think I think they've done a very effective job of. Not just growing the company, but really growing the brand. And I think the the fact that they walk that fine line between fashion and athletic apparel, I think, is a credit to them. Yoga is not something which is widely recognized as having competitions. Uh, although, uh, did you listen to the uh, ESPN uh, Thirty for Thirty podcast? Did you ever listen to that? Uh, not recently, no. So they had a season on the um, the hot yoga guy. Uh, whose name eludes me. Um, I've heard of hot yoga. I didn't realize there was a guy who gets credit for starting hot yoga uh, and, and and like trying to patent it or or something. And um, so I'm spacing on his name at the moment. Uh, but uh, he had claimed for years to have been the Indian yoga champion from you know many years back and and just kind of back in the day when you could make claims and not have them checked. <laughs> Um, and then that check uh, publicized all around you know, Twitter and Facebook and, and everywhere else where information uh, becomes immediate. Uh, but uh, I think that, that there it wasn't until a certain period of time where there was some international yoga champion, and uh, he was claiming to be it before the, the inauguration of this event. But you can, I guess, compete in yoga. 
you, you can, this is what I'm saying, <laughs> there's still time for you to start competing in yoga. Lululemon can help you out with that. My flexibility is so limited, I have trouble tying my shoes. So, I'm, I'm not going to be competing in yoga, but look, it's just a matter of time before this is uh, an exhibition sport in the 2028-2032 Summer Olympics. Let me let me sell you on something, and that is, you're a well-known sort of internationally competitive runner. Yes, absolutely. Are you <laughs> are are you going to get better over time from here? Probably not. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Where are you going with this? Because I have other stories to get to. Because. It, in yoga, which you currently are so bad that you can't tie your shoes, you will get better as you as you take it up and start competing. Whereas running, which you love and are well known for, you may have peaked. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not accusing you of having peaked. Uh, in your last marathon, you, for instance, didn't wind up hospitalized. Right. So you seem to be, to me, from the outside, to be getting better. I, but there will come a point where you will say, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to beat the the best time I ever had. Whereas I think that your ability to get better at shoe tying and other things that might come out of uh, you know your increased yoga use. Are in front of you. You know what? When that day comes, I'm going to be shopping at Lululemon because I know they can actually yeah. provide good apparel. Uh, let's move on to RH, which is better known as Restoration Hardware. Uh, first quarter, uh, they needed this quarter. Uh, Restoration Hardware put up some strong profits. They raised guidance for the full fiscal year. The stock is up 21%. And as I said, they needed it because even with this rise today, it's still down. Year to date, and really over the past twelve months, so they are correlated, and I, I may come back and um, address whether they're better known as Restoration Hardware and and why they got away from that name to go to RH, because I think the naming has a thread through today's episode of of all of these stories, and uh, so RH had. In disclosing their last quarterly report and lowering guidance for the year, they were affected seemingly because of the highly discretionary nature of purchasing anything at Restoration Hardware, which is not competing on price, um, to be affected by, if not the economy, the stock market going into the fourth quarter when the stock market last year. Uh, was very weak, and that would have affected their biggest quarter. And they were projecting ahead and seeing discretionary spending for their end of of um, the furniture, you know, under under attack. And you know, it's been a better quarter since three months ago. They've had a better uh, quarter in, in their results, and now they're able to project ahead. You know, we'll see if the market goes down fifteen percent, whether they're making another adjustment. But not that that's the only element uh, of of what affects uh, the you know upper middle class or upper class you know the the people who are most likely to be shopping at, at Restoration Hardware. But the market does affect, at least in the short term, some discretionary spend. But one of the things we've talked about on this show uh, and has been covered ad nauseum across financial media is the ripple effect of tariffs. And part of the way 
RH was able to put up this good quarter is because, as they said, they selectively raised prices on different items because of the effect of tariffs. And I looked at that and thought, yeah, you know why? Because they can. Because the people who are going in to buy an expensive sofa, if it's 8% more expensive because of tariffs, then they're not going to bat an eye at that, because they're already shelling out a good amount of money. It's not to say that they can do it across the board, and clearly they haven't, because they realize they can't do it across the board. But I think they have pricing power, and at least in this one quarter, they showed that they know how to use it smartly. Well, they have it, and what that in part depends on is the other end of the equation, the people having the money to spend, right? So, Another thing that has helped them recently is the decline in interest rates. So that you've got a lot of purchasing being made in conjunction with people moving. House sales are going to do better in a low interest rate environment, and that's what we are. We've been in a generally low interest rate environment, but we had interest rates going up, mortgage rates going up, going into the end of last year or some of the early months this year. Now things have come down. You're seeing this, of course, in you know refinancing. The numbers in the most recent couple of weeks being very good. And if people have more money to spend on fixing up their houses and furnishing their houses because they are spending less money on their mortgage, that's all the good for RH and other companies in the space. But remember that when interest rates go back up, as they Someday will uh, that will come at the expense of you know some of the discretionary spend around housing. So let's go back to Lululemon for a second. We got Lululemon shares that are, as you said, hovering around an all-time high. We have RH, which is up big today, but still down. Uh, I think more than fifteen percent or so from its its fifty-two week high, even with this rise that we're seeing today. Does one of these look more attractive to you than the other? Uh, I would say that the strictly based on valuation, I'd be more confident in Lululemon's ability to compound the growth of the company. Um, that is fully priced in. I would say with the price of the stock, um, RH, which is up, you know, twenty bucks today. Is still about thirty percent off of uh, its uh, high back in August of last year. Uh, you know, in a good economy, they've got more room to grow. So it, I think it depends on what you're betting on interest rates. If you can tell me where interest rates are going, I can answer you that question correctly. Tell me which way interest rates are going. <laughs> Alas, I cannot do that. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that uh, Lululemon, where it is right now. Uh, Higher floor, lower ceiling from today's price point. I think RH more variable. There's a higher high if a couple things go right for it. Because the things that can go right for Lululemon are going right, have been going right. They're getting credit for that as they deserve to. Um, but how much more can go right is going to take time. Whereas you see today, 20 bucks, uh, 20% up, RH just a little bit better than we were expecting. Pointing to a better better year ahead, uh, and they're making up a lot of the ground that they'd lost. Earlier this year, SunTrust and BB&T announced a sixty-six billion dollar merger. 
the largest bank deal in a decade, creating the sixth largest bank. And when it was announced, shares of both were up. They were popping the champagne on Wall Street. And uh, I went back and listened to the episode that Bill Mann and I did in early February when this deal was announced. And the last thing I said on that topic was when it came to the resulting name, because this is essentially a merger of equals SunTrust and BB&T. And the last thing I said was, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with for a name, and hopefully they will do no harm. Cut to yesterday afternoon when the company announced, not just to all of us, but also to all of its employees, that the new name of the bank is Truist. Let's just let that sink in for a moment. SunTrust, BB&T, two well-known regional banks, got their branding experts together and came up with Truist. And at the request of one of our listeners, I'm not going to share this person's name, but got an email yesterday from someone who works at one of these banks. And this person wrote, <laughs> They're already battening down the hatches. I'm going to read you this email. My bank just named itself Truist from SunTrust and BB&T. I'd love to know your thoughts on the name change. We simulcast the event across the East Coast, and there was no applause because we actually thought it was a joke. So, there you go. There you go, SunTrust and BB&T. Your own employees didn't applaud because they thought they, like lots of us, thought, well, this can't possibly be the name they've come up with, can it? Well, and in fact, it is. I, I think management's response is, we put the I in trust. <laughs> Here's my thought. This is a worse name than Trunk. This, okay. is a, this is a dumber name than Trunk, because Tribune Media came up with Trunk, and at least they explained the logic of it, because they said, well, it, or, look, it's a digital world, and the TR stands for Tribune, and ONC stands for online content. And even if you hate the name, as I and everyone else did, you could at least see the logic. I fail to see the logic of this. And uh, the last thing I'll say from a business standpoint is the branding people who came up with this just made everybody else's job at the bank harder. There are more than 55,000 people who work at this merged entity, and everyone else's job is harder because of the people who came up with Truist. Never thought I'd see the day when you were in any way defending any aspect of Trump <laughs> uh, and, and its name. So they wanted obviously to keep trust. They like uh, we're looking through these names and uh, we've got trust and we love that. And uh, trust is part trust. of SunTrust and BB&T branch banking and trust. Yeah. So we're we're we got to have that. How do we make it even better? <laughs> and and so when I saw this or heard this, my uh, Brain went to because what it sounds to me more than anything else is the druids, truest, truest. And I'm thinking back to the Spinal Tap scene where they're introducing Stonehenge. Stonehenge. <laughs> no one knows who they were or what they were doing. The druids. And I think if if they haven't announced their logo, but I think if they use Stonehenge, I think they'll they'll be it'll be a winner because everybody likes Spinal Tap. 
Uh, there's a possibility there. Let me introduce another possibility, which is take a page out of uh, the playbook of the people at Tribune Media, who came up with Trunk and tried to make it work and realized they had made a mistake and said, no, we're going back to Tribune Media. We're going back to In the same way that Reed Hastings came out with Quickster, and very quickly, much more quickly than the people than the people at Tribune Media reversed course on Trunk, he very quickly reversed course on Quickster. There's still time. No one's going to care if they come out in a month and say, you know what, we're actually, you know what, we're actually just going with SunTrust, or we're actually just going with BB&T because, among other things, we're going to save shareholders money because we won't have to do as much. Rebranding. We won't have to spend as much money on rebranding if we just stick with one of these two names. Um, let me uh, one point of clarification. It's it's uh, the only reason I do this is I knew somebody at, at Tribune Media. Um, it was actually Tribune Publishing that became Tronk, uh, and Tribune Media was a separate thing. Uh, and so I just it's a whole confusing alignment of what was going on over there. But once Tribune Media spit off, you know. Maybe they knew that Tribune Publishing was going to go the Tronk route when they decided to get rid of it from Tribune Media. Now part of Sinclair, I guess. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know if this, uh, this man is one of the dozens of listeners. Um, I doubt it, but I'm going to give a shout out to Nathan Arthur of Ohio, because Nathan Arthur is the person on Twitter whose Twitter handle is at Truist. So, Nathan. Get paid. <laughs> just go. Just go to this bank. It's a huge. It's a sixty-six billion dollar company. Go to them. You don't have to be greedy. You can just say to them, "Look, I'll pick a new Twitter handle. Uh, you give me five thousand, ten thousand. You give me some money, Nathan. Get paid. Take that money. Invest it. We'll hook you up with a, a year's worth of stock advisor for free, gratis. Just get paid by these people. By the way, that's one more indication that the branding people who came up with this didn't know what they were doing. Because one of the first things you do, or certainly on the checklist, is okay. Do we have the URL? Do we have the Twitter handle? No, they didn't. Do, <laughs> are you worried about your retirement at this point? Me personally? Yes. Your four hundred one k account is at BB and T. Unless you don't participate in the company 401k. I do participate. Well, then I'm educating you here. I'm I'm, I'm not... giving you reason to fear for your retirement. You know, the people who run our 401k are not in the marketing and branding business. So, um, I'm, I'm not concerned about them. They're not the ones who came up with this worse than trunk name. That's, that's. And yet, when you get your statements at some point in the future, uh, you, you will have the truest uh, brand on them. That's where your retirement <laughs> savings reside. I said, I said back in February, just do no harm. Just do no harm. The druids. <laughs> I think they've, edu- they've, they've amused us. They've certainly amused us. They have us. amused us. Yes. Not everybody does that with their name. No, not everybody. Is RH doing that with their name? Uh, we had a little bit of fun with RH, but as you pointed out, that was you a good You can only go so far. Uh, Lululemon, the interesting story behind their name. What is that? Uh, that they, uh, it's it's you know the founder he wanted a name that had a lot of L's in it. Um, you look it up. It's 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 bizarre. Okay, 
it, it has no meaning other than a lot of L's, which he thought would be uh, interesting to the Japanese market. I, I won't try to explain it. Well, there's no better way to end this podcast than by petering out <laughs> by on. refusing to explain things <laughs> that <laughs> I've raised. Uh, Bill Barker from MFAM Funds, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. Show is mixed by the immortal Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.